Welcome to Channel Waves, the podcast where channel leaders share success strategies, best practices, and emerging trends. Brought to you by Structured Web. Here's your host, Stephen Kellum. Today, we're going to dig into partner experience. And partner experience is so important today. And I can't think of a better person to be joining me to talk about this than Rachel Tuller, Head of Global Channels and Alliances at Cloudera. Welcome, Rachel. Hey, thanks so much, Stephen. Appreciate being here. I, when I said I can't think of a better person to join uh, me to talk about this, you've got experience in channel marketing, business development, alliances. But most importantly, you were also a partner. You ran a bar for quite some time as well, right? That's correct. Of the channel, for the channel, by the channel. Uh, absolutely. And uh, partner experience is so important today. There's a lot of talk about CX to PX. And while in the channel, we have a little bit more leeway, we've got a little bit more of a captive audience, you and I talked about that, than a lot of what folks have in the consumer side, still a partner experience is huge, right? It's not quite as bad, I know we were talking about at a website, right? On the consumer level, someone judges the website, whether it's good or bad, in less than a second. I think we have a little bit more time than that, but I do think partner experience is huge as far as getting partners on board, keeping them engaged, and, and getting the most out of them. That is so true. And, you know, back, they have to come to the portal, right? They have to register deals. They got to find out about the incentives, ways to make money with us. And so when we look at our partner portal, you know, the goal is to have it be as consumer friendly as possible, because in the end, we're all consumers. You're a consumer, I'm a consumer, our partners are consumers. So they're used to this really, you know, quick, one click, two click experience, a little bit more difficult in our business, but at the same time, the goal is to try and get as close to that as possible. And I think, you know, when they can find things easily, find the right content, find what they're looking for. That's really what it's all about is creating that incredible experience for them. So maybe we start at a high level. So how has partner experience really shaped the real the whole channel at Cloudera? So for us, it's been really interesting. We recently modernized our program and launched a brand new partner network, um, more ecosystem friendly versus just channels and partner types and things like that. Uh, really tried to drill in on what is the partner experience with us? And you know what it comes down to is all partners want to know and what they want is, do you have a great product and can they make money with you, right? Keep it simple. And so right. we started with that basic tenant in here's our great product. Here's how you learn about it, know about it, you know, get up to speed on it. And here's how you make money. And so by keeping that experience front and center and keeping that focus, I think, um, you know, it's, it's not easy to do simple, if that makes sense. Uh, it's a pretty complex on the back end to stitch together all these different services. But for us, it was really about looking at it from the partner lens and what do they need to be successful with Gladera. So how did that translate down into your programs, right? It's one thing to look at, how does it permeate across the entire organization? But, but how, does it, how did it go into the making of your programs? Well, the first thing that we did with the program is we moved to the competency-based model, which has been a trend, you know, that's been happening. But I think that really hits the nail on the head and rewarding and understanding the partner's business. Now, what Cloudera or any vendor needs from them, but what are they trying to do as a partner? What's their main line of business? How do they make their money? And what industries, what competencies do they have? And by rewarding them for how they do business, in the end, ultimately, Cloudera or the vendor wins. How did you tie all those programs together? Like, what sort of components did you put together? What sort of objectives? I, I'm assuming the objective, based on what you just said, is you know, how do I help partners drive revenue and how to create a great partner experience? But how did you sort of tie all that together? 
So we started with systems, you know, really looking at the best of breed that was out there. We don't have a large ecosystem. We're less than 4,000 partners. So I couldn't really justify something that was um, big, like robust and everything. So what we did is we looked at some really great uh, best of breed kind of niche solutions around through channel marketing automation, um, incentives and rewards programs, measuring points and competencies, and then interfacing. It was it was an IT directive from us that Salesforce continue to be our system of record. So everything had to integrate with Salesforce. And we have the Salesforce communities as our front end, but then these best of breed solutions. So back in the day, you would call it Frankenstitching, right? All of these different systems together. But today it's so easy to do with, you know, the API driven technology and the integrations and the SSO, you know, it really makes for a great partner's experience. And that's what we focused on. So you're going for quality across everything, right? Yeah, absolutely. Quality over quantity. So how did you go about that, right? What was your selection process? Maybe you can talk a little bit about what you were looking for, how you got vendors together. And the reason I'm bringing this up is the partner experience is great. And there's so many people out there that are trying to figure out, do I stitch it all together right now? Do I do go with the all-in-one bundle? Here's the way I look at it. There is the wide and thin that you could go across everything, or you can go deeper in individuals and then figure out a way to pull them all together. I think the first thing we did is we looked at our business, right? And we said, who are the partners that are the most successful with us and why? And let's go deep on that. And so for us, it was a lot of the uh, RSIs, you know, regional SIs, service providers, um, ISVs, people that kind of this powered by solution. So there were certain things that they were going to need that were different from everybody else. We don't have your traditional VAR reseller channel. I don't, I don't think any of us do anymore. Maybe some do, uh, but it's, but it's really these kind of niche players. And so what we wanted to do is figure out how do they market themselves? How do they promote themselves? How do they make services revenue off of our products? And so once we understood the business, then we went to the program and said, let's create a program for them. And now what we need is we need, for example, through channel marketing automation, we need these kinds of solutions with the campaigns in a box because they're mid to small size companies. They don't have their own marketing team. So let's create a solution for that. And then we looked at, okay, how do we do referrals, right? Let's create, let's improve or change our deal reg process to include referrals. Well, then we, that's all got to track back into Salesforce. So we needed some apps in there to really make that work. Um, another thing we looked at was this competency, right? It's a nightmare to try and calculate points and manage points and score and, you know, benchmark and all this. So we went and found a partner that does that really, really well out of Ireland. And we stitched them in on the back end and they use Salesforce as the system of record or they can. So that worked out really well for us. And then, of course, our LMS, we don't need a big content management system. We've got three or four, you know, targeted certification courses. We don't have 500. So we just need something that was really good. And because we work with so many of the high-end global SIs that have their own sales forces of 10,000 people, we wanted to create custom branded sites inside the LMS so that it looked very tailored and very unique to that partner. And so we went with a solution that allowed us to take all of our standard content, but skin it differently. So it creates this unique partner experience for each of our partners. And how is that going? So back up for just a second. So how long has that been out there? And <laughs> so we launched it a couple months ago. How long has it been out there and how well is that going? What's great is adoption is already 
ahead of where it was last year at this time. I mean, people couldn't even log into the LMS through our SSO last time. It was so broken. And we had so many different challenges that we ended up just not fixing because we knew this new portal was coming. So our partners were really anxious for it. And what we're doing is we're leveraging some of these tools. Like I mentioned, we work with a big GSIs. It's a lot of alliance marketing, not your more traditional channel marketing. So we're using these tools in a way that maybe they weren't designed for, but working with our vendor partners has been a dream because they're really listening to us and understanding they're actually doing development to to suit our needs, which is super helpful because they see that there's an opportunity to then carry that on to other customers. So you had, please take this the right way, you had a fairly low bar from partner experiences concerned, right? (laughs) Yeah. So you you get the big bump as it it comes on board. Mm -hmm. You see that continuing or how is that trending what what are some of the signs that are coming that you're seeing that maybe would either say trend up or trend down? Yeah, some of the things that we're measuring are repeat users, right? People coming back into the portal. Once they log in once, fill in their profile, that's one thing. You know, are they doing one activity, two activities? How many campaigns are they running? Are they uh, registering for promotion? So the level of activity is something that we'll be measuring. Obviously, it's still really early, but we do expect that to trend up. The other things that we're doing is turning on you know, we didn't just turn on everything right away. We didn't have the resources to do that. So we're kind of doing this rolling thunder launch of new features and functionality. So we we just launched phase one, phase two is coming in October. So there'll be more ways to reach back out to our partners and say, hey, this is new. Come on back into the portal, check out this new feature and function that we have that you can now do, uh, you know, registering for your MDF funds and doing all your proposals online. You know, we launched that back in April, but now we're rolling that into the new portal. So there'll be some new things that will come online that will generate interest at least every quarter, if not sooner. So it sounds to me like the two partner communications has been really going back once again to partner experiences, hearing what they're saying and what they need, but also how are you communicating back out to them? I'm assuming that's a pretty big initiative. Yeah, I think the mistake some of us make when we come in, like, you know, I came from Veeam and then companies before that where I'd built and designed these programs, worked with some of these vendors. In my mind, I kind of had an idea who I wanted to work with because I'd been successful with them in the past. But really stopping and pausing and taking a look at this business and how it's different from previous businesses, what the requirements are to just expand that partner experience, right, and make it seamless for them, I think was really a goal that we had from the beginning. And so that's proving out to be true in our communications and in our results. Well, I I think one thing we could all agree on is, is partners don't have a lot of time. And, uh, and if you can make that seamless for them, and you can pull it if you can go wide and deep at the same time um, so that you're able to give them access to everything they need, but they also, if they need to go deeper somewhere, which I think goes to the best in breed, I, I think that's gonna, I think as a former partner myself, that's what would keep me coming back, right? Yeah, I think that's really our goal. And we have a concierge team, a partner success team that helps them navigate all of this. So there's that other layer of that human touch for those people that, you know, don't want to navigate on their own. They just have a quick question. Hey, how do I find this? I need to go get this done. You know, we've got, um, you know, Zendesk, we've got a chat system as well. We've got a ticket, SOR ticketing system where they can get help that way. And we have live, they can schedule demos and meetings with our partner success team to make sure that this onboarding, not just to the portal, but onboarding as a partner is really a positive experience for partners. Are you using any 
uh, rewards or motivation to get them to come in to do that as you go through this training, right? Because so, it's there's a little bit of behavior modification. There is. So what we decided to do is we implemented a carrot system, right? So our competencies and our points-based system, we have tiers, right, in our partner program, like most do, but they're not your traditional precious metals, gold, silver, bronze, platinum. They're, they're based on the number of points that you accumulate. So partners earn points for filling in the profile on the portal. They earn points for registering for a promotion. They earn points for taking training. And everybody in the company contributes towards those company points. And that points then indicates or validates the level of reward that you get from Cloudera, right? So the discounts, the referral fees, all of that is elevated the more points that you have in our system. So we're doing that behavior change modification with a point system and actual spits to the individuals in markets where we can. To me, the most interesting thing about points-based system, and by the way, so many people are doing it for behavior modification, it makes sense. How do you envision that playing out, right? Is this reward them in the beginning, or do you think that the points-based system will always stay there and they'll go on to a next level? Or does it does it say something that you just keep doing? Do you feel like you're gonna be having to do that uh, forever? You know, that's a really good question. I'm not sure we've got that far down the road, to be honest with you. The goal is really just to get critical mass on there right now. And if and when we get to the point where people are maxing out their points, that'll be a good problem to solve. I believe that there'll be always be challenges and things that you need to do for behavior modification. Okay. I do think points-based systems will, will stay around. I just hope it's not always rewarding for doing the same thing over and over again, right? We need to move it down the, move it down the road at some point. We've already done that, actually, even just with some of the initial things. Phase two will add another set of points that we didn't exist in phase one for different okay. behaviors and actions. That's total sense. Well, since you pulled it all together, maybe we can talk about data for a second, right? I mean, data is right up you guys, Ali. Historically, data I have seen has been a big challenge in tying all things together, right? You want to create a point system, but you've got a TCMA, you've got an NBF platform, you've got a points-based rewards platform, you've got an LMS platform, you've got sales over here, you've got marketing over here. How have you been able to pull the data together so you can make the most of it? So that's really interesting. So starting with the data was actually where we started. Um, what I was started to talk about earlier, you one of the mistakes that some people make and I've made in the past is, you know, jumping right in thinking that, you know, the solution that you want, you know, the, the, the model that you want, but really looking at this business, one of the things I did were data company, right? So I tried to dig into the data, but as all organizations, you know, we, uh, the cobbler shoes, right? We didn't have the data sets that I needed to really give me great insights on the business. So when we designed this, one of the top requirements for each one of our vendors and each one of our partners that we worked with was, okay, how are you going to return data to me? And then where are we going to do that? So that was actually one of our top pillars that we focused on when building and designing these systems. So all the data comes back into Salesforce as our system of record. We can, uh, we added new fields. We did a ton of customization so that we could actually track and manage all of that. And we'll find out. We're about to pull our first monthly and quarterly reports. So we'll find out whether we're able to capture all this, whether we're not. We think we designed it the right way, uh, but it's still early stages. I'd love to come back to you in six months and tell you how it's going. I'd like to know that. I think that's going to be a key. I don't think, I know, I think you know too. That's going to be the key to success. Yeah. To, to really doing this well and doing it efficiently, both internally and externally for the partners as well too. 
It's really true. You know, everybody talks about data, data, but it's, you know, now really evolved into insights. You can have all the data you need, but if you can't glean from it, what you're trying to understand. So we started with on a big whiteboard, you know, what are all the questions we need to ask of this data? <laughs> How do we find that data? How do we capture that data? And, you know, that was kind of our exercise that we went through. The best report I've ever seen from a partner's perspective uh, was a party, partner benefits summary. And that partner benefits summary took rebates, incentives, MDF, rewards, points. It, it, and in one single place, a partner was able to see everything that the vendor was giving them, all these soft dollars. And I always thought, if I was trying to do a QBR, and by the way, we can talk about this later. Do you do it? Talk about partner experience. How do you do a 30-minute QBR? <laughs> well, you better have really good data. And, and it should be sitting there because what I found as a partner, I didn't want to talk about what I'd done in the past. I wanted you to just show me a report. And then I wanted to have insights to what did I need to do in the future. To me, a QBR should be where are we going? If you're spending your whole QBR trying to explain where you've been, I think you've lost a partner. I think that's so true. In fact, we were just scheduling one with a partner. I'm like, really? Do we need three hours for this? Let's not do this. But one of the good things we did, you know, talking about having a system of record for everything, um, one of our partners out of Ireland, Channel Mechanics, has these dashboards, which we are making visible to the partner. So a partner can log in. They can see how many certifications they have, how many, how much, how many dollars they've earned in rebates, like all of that that you're talking about. They can see that real time. And then, of course, the PAM can pull the reports and use those for the QBRs. But the business manager can log in at any point and see where they are in their business with Cloudera. Yeah, you really need to be able to see all of that. I think there, I've heard the goal is, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but this is, you, you, it's funny, you were asking, hey, what are people talking about besides is MDF dead and how to get the most of marketing, marketing, marketing is how do I get a QBR into 30 minutes, right? Because what way, if a partner doesn't want to sit there for three, look, you are a VAR, and you're, you were a VAR at a bigger VAR than I was. We were decent stuff, but you were bigger than us. And if you have 14 vendors, we don't have time for that. <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Come on, we had four major vendors, but still, I didn't want to spend three hours with them. We're supposed to be out there selling and marketing. Right. From a partner experience, I think it starts with the when they land on the portal or when, when you're onboarding, right? And then when they land on the portal, and I think it, it data is the other end of it. And it's not an end, it's a flywheel. It's just a circle that goes it goes around, right? When you iterate that and, and anything sort of falls apart in that partner experience, you're not gonna get the most out of that partner. That's true. We actually took it back a step further. We started with the partner journey and started yep. with partner identification, partner readiness, partner, um, I partner mapping, right? And we did a gap analysis of our partner ecosystem, first of all, and said, who are the partners we have? Who are the partners we need? And then what are we going to do to go attract, attract and retain, just like you do with talent? But how are you going to go do that with your partners? And so even that is built into the systems and that level of intelligence. So we started there and then mapped everything throughout the partner journey. Okay, I come in, I'm onboarding, I'm getting my technical teams up to speed, I'm getting my sales teams up to speed. Now I have my first sale. What does deal reg look like? You know, how did, what is that experience? I get an automated email that says, sorry, you've been declined, or is there reasons? And here's who you call and everything else. So, you know, we really looked at every step of the partner journey along the way. And we used some really great industry models to look at best practice and best of breed solutions. And that makes a ton of sense, right? If you do all the work up front, that partner experience that you're looking for, just naturally, it's going to be better if you've done a good job in your homework and you've got a right fit for the right partner for what you're trying to do, right? 
Now I will tell you, we, we launched this. Um, I started about a year and a half ago. We started mapping this out. My program manager started November of last year, was out on maternity leave for a good chunk of this. And we ended up launching this in about eight months from start to finish. So we did do our due diligence up front, but we didn't take a ton of time to do it. And, you know, we, I had a very experienced team that knew what worked, knew what didn't, um, had a good idea of, you know, mistakes that we've made in the past. So we made sure that we didn't make those again, but then we looked at, you know, what are some new cutting edge things that we could be doing that maybe we could try. And I'm very lucky that at Cloudera, there's an air of, hey, let's try it. If it doesn't work, we can roll it back. If it works, great. You know, we're awesome. So they encourage that kind of risk taking. And uh, I've never been any place where we've launched something this quickly. But again, going with the phased approach, I think it's a way that we can really create the best experience for the partner. We didn't bite off more than we could chew. We did what we could in the time that we had and we'll continue to evolve, which keeps them kind of coming back in and improving their experience with us. I was going to ask you about some of those mistakes that you made, but maybe we'll save that for another podcast. The whole other podcast we could do. We should get a panel together of several people and talk about just flat out do's and don'ts, right? Here's, you know, three people and here's all I've learned and all the mistakes I made and here are the things that worked out really well. An industry conference that I was at back in the spring, there was a panel on competencies and point-based systems. And the one note that I took away was don't overcomplicate it. If you can't put your point system on one slide, don't do it. And I think that was something we found ourselves going down that path and points for this and points for that. And you needed an abacus to figure out how to make money with Cloudera. And we were like, that's not going to work. That's not going to fly. Let's go back to keeping it simple. But again, in order to engineer that simplicity, it took a lot of underwork, you know, behind the scenes development work to make that realistic. No, it's hard to make things simple. Mm-hmm. It, it truly is. I'll go back to my old MDF days. Uh, I used to look at, it, at some of the guidelines and I would think, what are you actually thinking? And you were talking about going all the way back to the partner's journey, everything you introduce to them, right? It's not just like coming to this portal. It's a new product. So you've got a reward system. If you change anything on the NDF, it all, all affects their experiences to go through all of that, right? It's exactly. an ongoing end-to-end. We just had some really simple operational changes that we had to make, like how long it took us to pay the partners, right? Or to reimburse the partners or what it took for them to submit their proposals or submit their invoices. Like some of this was so manual on both the partner side and our side. We gained incredible efficiencies by automating so much of this. And I know some companies have had this for a long time, but we're not a big company. It took a while to really justify and build the ROI models that, hey, this is going to save X man hours, you know, on both sides and increases the partner's time to market. You know, that's what we wanted to really show is the ROI of these tools we were putting in place. Okay. First of all, you're not alone. And there's a lot of very large companies that don't do it well. In an MDF world, best practices is less than 21 days, the payments in their bank account, right? There is no way that's happening unless that's an automated process. We're close. We're at a 30. <laughs> you're at 30. Okay. All right. Okay. You're you're getting there. But there are people out there who have, have got it down to like 14. But that is a, that's a lot of work. But you know, once again, now that's all. What's that? Now I have a goal. Now you have a goal. It, if you're less than 21 days, that is actually really pretty good, right? Yeah. So remember, you know, that's, that, that's a big part of partner experience. So, so last question, what do you see for the future from partner experience? You've put this program together and you've looked at the partner journey, built that all out. 
What do you, next iteration, where do, where do you see this going? Anything for the future? You know, I think some of the things that we're thinking about for our fiscal year is FY24 moving forward are just improving what we're already doing, but getting the partners more involved in the process. We did partner advisory council. We did surveys. We voice of the partner. We typically do those things, but I really want to focus in on specific partner experience next year. Um, we did it because we understand partner experience and we knew that we had to improve certain things, but I think through a really dedicated lens of PX, there's more research available now. There's more best practices now. There's now more resources for us to be able to understand what awesome looks like. I think we're good and moving towards great, but we want to be, we want everybody to say, wow, man, you should, you should work with Cloudera. They just, they love their partners and they work with them really well. That's our goal. Good to great is a very worthy objective. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Well, Rachel, thank you for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. Uh, last thing. So how, what is the best way for people to get connected with you? We're all about community here. Uh, so how can, how can people reach you? Sure. You guys can hit me up on LinkedIn, Rachel Teller at cloudera.com or rteller at cloudera.com. That's my email. Um, pretty much any way to find me or at any industry conference in the next few weeks. Okay. And that's what I was going to say. Anything that you would like to promote, any place you're going, anything you're speaking, anything that you're doing? Yeah. I, in fact, I was looking at my calendar. This seems to be like media month for me. So we've got um, the channel focus event, which is uh, coming up in Carlsbad. So I'll be there moderating a panel on a panel, uh, mentoring, doing a lot of different things there, the women's leadership forum as well. Uh, working with actually structured web doing a, a, this podcast, as well as a couple other ones. One of our other vendors is having a panel on um MDF and the competency points-based system that I talked about. So we're going to drill down into that a little bit more and get pretty tactical around that conversation and then just talk about where futures are going. So if you hit me up on LinkedIn, chances are I'll be posting all these upcoming events and uh, you know you can dial in and register for them and, and take advantage of the industry knowledge that's out there. That is one thing that I know we talked about yesterday. I love about this industry. People are so willing to share what's worked and what hasn't. Just raise your hand and say, Hey, I have a question. I need some help. You know, we've all been there, done that. You know, thank you. I really appreciate that. I think our listeners will appreciate it. I don't think there's any other industry I've been involved in where people are willing to share ideas as Oakland they are here. I, I think that's a really good thing. So if you can get to know people and get connected, I think that's a, that's a big win. Yeah, totally agree. So okay, Rachel. For a lot of years. <laughs> Great, Rachel. Thank you for joining us. Much appreciated. Listeners, thank you for joining us. Have a great day.